Well, good morning, Charlie. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm very well, and it's great to see you, Ed. It's great to see you, too. So After uh, all these years, I know you have developed and become a mighty leader in the kingdom of God. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Yeah, anyway. All by the grace of God, if it is true at all. Um, so for those of you who are joining us, Charlie, um, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Um, hello, everybody. It's great to meet you. Uh, I, my name is Charlie Cleverly. I'm married to Anita. We have four children and nine grandchildren. Um, I became a Christian leaving Oxford University from nothing, really, and it changed my life completely. I fell in love with the church through people in my day, like David Watson, and mm. called to become a, a church leader. And for 10 years served in London, the edge of London. Then for 10 years as mission partners, or mission French-speaking church I led in, in the middle of Paris, Belleville, mm. which grew uh, remarkably from 40 to 400 people wow. from before the two, 2000s. And then we felt and accepted the call to come back to lead a church called St. Aldous mm. in the heart of Oxford, which is at the heart of England, really mm. because of the huge potential. Um, when I was an undergraduate there, I never went to church or chapel, not a single time. Mm. And yet a year after leaving, you know, when someone explained the gospel to me, I couldn't resist Jesus. Mm. Uh, so I do believe there can be completely radical transformation for people in London, yeah. your friends who may not look as if they are interested in God might be, ah, deep down inside there's a longing for God. Mm. And I guess that when you do make a, accept the call of Christ, repent, turn around, it's the end of the beginning, and then the beginning has to deepen. So I think what we're going to talk about today is mm -hmm. keeping that longing for God, uh, you know, on fire and well, alive and satisfied mm -hmm. with ways to encounter him. Mm -hmm. so that's my story. And latterly, after leaving St. Aldous and the great privileges of leading their large team and all that, we felt called to do kind of mentoring uh, spiritual direction for leaders. And we do that particularly in mainland Europe for church members. Mm. Mm. Amazing. And that's, I, so I came to know Charlie during my time as an undergraduate at Oxford Brooks at St. All Dates, um, which was. And you were, a great... were, you, were you an intern there as well? I was an intern. Yes, I was an intern. Worse it's kind of, I remember. Yeah. It was, I wasn't expecting to go into worship ministry and then I kind of got accosted by Tom Barber and Lauren Harris and yeah. when they asked you to do something, sometimes you go, sure. And then I oh, think a little bit like you, I've actually during that year, I've just had enough with the church. Just saw, Yeah, and I saw the beauty of a diverse and uh, a diverse community that's seeking God together in all its ways, which includes brokenness, includes joy, includes yeah. lament, includes hope. Um, and actually just the fact that we get to do this together and we get to do this um leaning on one another in our pursuit for god so that was um it was a really special time actually and so yeah. i want to say thank you for 
your leadership and your stewardship during that time, especially. Um, Thanks a lot. And I, just, I just came from a, I was telling a, a, in conversation that we just come from Germany and a pastor at the mm. church planting conference where Tom Wright uh, did, zoomed in and did a session for us. And he was brilliantly, in my view, talking about mm. local church being a foretaste of heaven, heaven come down. Mm multi-ethnic and multicultural but also full of worship and yeah possibility of healing truth kindness serving mm. the poor all that so i agree with you that you can fall in love with church and build church and it's great mm. that we're doing that in london yeah thank you well one of the reasons well i meant the primary reason why i've asked charlie to come on to this conversation today is during my time as an undergraduate, I think it might be my second year, we did at St. Paul Days a series called The Rule of Life. Um, now, The Rule of Life, I suppose, is a way of saying and talking about spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines. Um, Charlie's even written a book called The Discipline of Intimacy, which is all about um, how do we form these disciplines and routines within our life to pursue greater intimacy. Talking about the book now, it's a really, but I think it's a really well-designed cover. I th actually, right, uh, did, yeah, really there's, they're, they're they're just great. The um, the Song of Songs and well, the Epiphanies of the Ordinary are other books that he's written. Look at that, just beautiful. Um, I don't think he's got the other two to hand, sadly, to show you the beauty of those covers. But really well-designed books, and also the content in them is also quite good as well. So, um, yes, and. I just would like to first ask about spiritual disciplines, rule of life, just big picture. What are they? Why do we do them? Why are they important for the church? Well, I think that um, we read in the Old Testament that Enoch walked with God. Mm. And I think the question really that a rule of life answers is this longing in the heart of people to walk with God, to, to mm. practice the presence of God, to use the words of Brother Lawrence. And so a rule is not a set of rules, but it's like a the old age rule of life has a picture on it of a of a path. Yes. Like a ruler really, a straight line. And it's a way to set disciplines of intimacy in place for your day, for your month, for your term for your year that help you to walk with God because as I said in the heart of everybody listening there will be a longing really for the presence of God and, mm. and yet very often because of the hurry and the distractedness of our lives you know whether it's at Oxford where during term time the place is like a sort of maelstrom of activity or now advent yeah. shopping yes. without being able to move mm. there's always something and i'm sure it's worse in london <laughs> so how do you kind of just create a life of of um a rule of life for yourself that keeps you mm. close to god that's that's what it's all about and then um, the name the name comes from a chap called uh, Benedict, who in um, long ago, uh, in AD 530, went to Rome 
to, to get an, uh, an education and discovered that what, what that's Alistair McIntyre in his book After mm. Virtue says, the city that it had taken the world was itself taken. Mm. Um, and he discovered, you know, the decline and fall of the Roman Empire was happening and things were crumbling and virtue was over. And so he chose to retreat to advance <laughs> mm. and he formed a community and wrote his famous rule of life i'll see if i can dig it out from behind mm -hmm. me show you a copy. um which has had a huge influence lots of ways of you know methodism john wesley yeah. holy club and things like that were pretty careful about what they did and many churches have ways to find God daily that they prescribe. Mm. And many of these things come from uh, Benedict. And, um, you know, it's a bit like in Genesis 26, verse 18, we read, Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug mm. in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up. <laughs> yeah. And I think our, our job as church leaders often and is to reopen ancient wells. And this is an ancient well. Mm. Yeah, so, I, yeah, as I was, as we've been preparing for this, I've been really thinking that up until, up until going to this, I hadn't really heard of a rule of life or spiritual disciplines. And they, I think they seem to have fallen out, out of vogue, as it were, with the, church as a whole but I it does seem like they're making a comeback but why do you think there is especially in and um, well hopefully they're making a comeback this point of the, the interview um but why why do you think there has been such um a well, lack of interest really as it were for spiritual disciplines for um the modern church well am I yes. my estimation and that's wrong it's like it's like a great forgetfulness mm. there are like you know in the lord of the rings things which should not have been lost were mm. forgotten and why is that um there are a multiplicity of readings in the evangelical world in my world where i lived in paris there was because the roman catholic church had treated people often badly not always but people were had discovered Jesus mm. um, in a brilliant way and they they uh, felt extremely shamed and distressed about the fact that they hadn't found that in the Catholic Church mm. it, or it might be the Orthodox Church or, or if you're yeah. in other parts of Europe or it might be the Anglican Church, yeah. uh, I guess, that is at, at, at fault. And then if you add on to that abuse, which is extraordinarily holding the news at the moment at the hands of mm. the church, um, there can be a throwing out of the baby with the bathwater, I think. Mm -hmm. So in my experience in Paris, often Pentecostals or even conservative evangelicals would really despise the Roman Catholic Church and anything that ca apparently came from mm. it. Of course, um, uh, Benedict 
gave us these legacies before the Reformation, before yeah. the Roman Catholic Church existed. Yeah. He's our leader, like Saint Augustine and so many others. But often people are not taught to mm. read history and and take the good and leave alone the bad. It's the same with mysticism, mystical writers, the cloud of unknowing, mm -hmm. um, you know, John of the Cross, the dark night yeah. of the soul. These treasures really are often despised. So uh, anyway, I, I, I just think that's why, partly, mm. partly it's because um, we live in an instant culture nowadays, which wants uh, instant results and wants to scroll through things and be, uh, you know, dopamine hitted. And this requires more effort, <laughs> I think. Mm -hmm. But like anything else, you know, if you want to keep your body in shape, you have to take exercise. Yes, exactly. And if you start taking exercise, you realize your muscles aren't working and you have to start using, you have to start making them work again. Mm -hmm. So if you talk about the rule of life to begin with, it'll seem very, very difficult to achieve. And mm -hmm. so little steps are, are really valuable. And don't, don't worry if you find it hard to get going. Yes. Well, amazing. Thank you so much. I think on that topic of little steps, let me start looking at some of those little steps and practical steps that we can do. Um, so one of the big things that we often was, I know it was very much the hard saying all days was, um, it was the, the house of prayer for all nations. Um, and prayer being a central factor in the rule of life or spiritual disciplines and spiritual intimacy. Yeah. Um, so let's start again, kind of in the broader picture. How do we start to reinvigorate, revitalize our prayer life? Well, you're right, Ed, in saying that the first name of the church, perhaps, was the House of, the House of Prayer for All Nations. And you might find that in Africa and Asia or South America. Mm. It's quite hard to find a House of Prayer for All Nations in the UK, sadly. There are mm. rebirthings of this. And you could ask yourself, is my house a house of prayer? But prayer, prayer in my view, means connection with God. Mm. So Paul says you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so this seating with Christ, this communing with God, this, yeah. we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness mm. and intercedes for us. This kind of cooperation with the word of God and the Holy Spirit to be able to, to be in God's presence is, it's again a, a well that's been blocked up. And probably blocked up because it's by the enemy. In in you know Genesis, these wells are blocked up by the enemy. Yeah. Um, and so, prayer in my mind is a, an absolute privilege and a delight. And getting into the presence of God daily is our blood-bought patrimony, which many of us ignore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. how do you begin? Um, yeah. Well, I think. I think it's helpful to have kind of coaches, really. Mm. So nowadays, um, uh, Ignatian ways of getting into prayer 
coming back to Saint Ignatius, uh, who who was a kind of Spanish uh, knight. He was like a superhero who got wounded <laughs> and nearly died. And when he was on his deathbed, he the only book in the place he was being treated was A Life of Christ. And he read that and was converted and then decided wow. to give up his sword and take on the sword of the spirit, which was the word of God. And from him come various practices, like from many other people. But he he gave us Lectio Divina. He gave us the mm. examine, um, mm. which I can talk about as key mm. tools, really for this but you know they're, they're really reading the bible properly but which all of all traditions have got but lectio divina is a particularly helpful way of doing that i think mm. okay well while, while we're here we might as well talk what's lectio divina sounds like some latin well it, it means yeah it means divine reading evidently but mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really you know it's what a preacher does really when he is preaching, preparing a sermon, he will take a text which will dominate, hopefully, what he's saying. Yeah. Hopefully he won't be giving life skills, he will be giving God's presence when he's preaching. Mm -hmm. And um, he will, she will look at a passage from, let's say, four different directions, take a, a passage and like, let's say, um, the, the washing of Jesus's feet by the woman who was a, a had a dubious life, mm -hmm. and will think about the it from the point of view of the woman, what she was feeling. Think of it from the point of view of the host, who felt, uh, you know, um, dismayed, offended. Think of it from the point of view of Christ, and be there in the mm -hmm. scene. Smell the perfume. Mm. smell the aroma and um, you know experience in a way through the word of God through deep meditation lectio, divine reading with the help of God the presence of God mm. and then out of that pray to God from you know ask him for humility to actually get low before mm. Christ um, and uh, examine himself as to herself as to whether they are you know, too familiar with with Christ, perhaps, or whatever it might be. So I, I think that prayer comes out of the Word of God on a good day, mm -hmm. and then prayer itself often needs. Um, a rule of life is like a trellis that you grow an mm. unruly rose up, which yeah. if you haven't got the trellis, it just lies on the ground and go, goes rotten. Mm. And so Christians can train themselves to have the aroma of Christ and all their mm. potential through a trellis called the rule of life. So, yeah. You know, I can go, we could start the day with Lectio Divina, and, and that leads to prayer. I believe also it leads to contemplation. Mm. Um, so there are five steps for Lectio Divina, but um, and one of them is contemplation, one of them is prayer, one of them is reading, one of them is meditating, and one of them is centering yourself.
Mm -hmm. So centering yourself, reading, meditating, praying, mm -hmm. and then contemplating. Well, that's a very important, mm -hmm. <laughs> joyful. Of course. That's something I've discovered in my retirement, uh, or in my re, 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 retreading. Mm -hmm. Is the capacity to sit silently before God? Hmm. Do that, Ed? Um, not as much as I wish. It's actually it's been something that I've been trying to think about more about. Anyway, I, surprisingly, over the last few months, I think so often I can fill my quiet time with noise and an agenda, which is a wonderful thing to do. And yes, it's reading the Bible, and yes, it's praying out loud, but. Yeah. There is a beauty in just sitting and waiting and yeah. then well, going think, from there. But. I think that in the Song of Songs, the, 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 the divine bridegroom says to the church, O oh, my beloved, in the cleft of the rocks, let me hear your voice, let me see your face, for your face is lovely and your voice is sweet. Mm. So the voice talking to God is a great sound for God to hear. Mm -hmm. But you could say lifting your face, mm -hmm. which is a deep, you know, just that phrase has to do with transparency, admitting who we are, you know, allowing Christ to wash us, cleanse us, and so on. But both those two things are sides, two sides of the same coin, I think. Yeah speaking and being silent so mm. it's like intercession and contemplation mm -hmm. or intercession and worship mm -hmm. so you can't have one without the other no of course not <laughs> yeah and so let, let's dig a little bit deeper into contemplation then while we're here so I'd love to it, so so is it just sitting still and sitting silently or how do we contemplate well without well the first so thing yeah Go on. No, I was just going to say, I think for me, I, I, I think contemplation is a really helpful thing to dig into because it really engages the, the restlessness of our age and the inability to sit still. Um, and I, I, I feel that tension when I do try to practice contemplation that I sit still and I close my eyes and I try to be still and yeah. maybe yeah. just run through a couple of things. But yeah. I think, oh, it must have been hours and then you look at the clock and it's been three and a half minutes and yeah yeah oh. well i think that um when we begin to be still and turn off our phones or our alerts you know it's so counterintuitive when we begin that we find as you say we don't know how to do it henry Nouwen said this as soon as we are alone with without people to talk to, books to read, TV to watch, an inner chaos opens up in us. This chaos can be so disturbing and so confusing, we can hardly wait to get busy again. Mm. And this is why, you know, people like uh, John Mark Homer are writing books like yes. Ruthless Elimination of Hurry because of, you know, the need for that, to be ruthless. Anyway, what is it? So Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who I'm a fan of many, you know, obviously he wasn't perfect, but he saved, 
he was a public figure who saved South Africa for a, from a bloodbath blood, blood, mm. blood after apartheid ending, and Nelson Mandela went from prisoner to president, 27 mm. years in prison, and then amazing, yeah. utterly amazing. It was Tutu who organized, the, had the idea for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission where people who killed people came met people who families have been killed and told the truth spoke about it and mm. on a good day asked for forgiveness and so on anyway someone asked he had a habit of being in silent contemplation for a couple of hours a day and a week a year and his assistant said what happens when you're doing that tell us is that where you get download the idea yeah from God for the truth for the next march of witness is that where you get strategy from which is what sort of utilitarian <laughs> church leader might, might use it for but he thought for a moment and this was his reply he said after a while it is like sitting in front of a warm open fire on a cold winter's night so contemplation is like sitting before the fire of God on a cold winter's night and being warmed and being aware of his fiery, cloudy presence. Mm. So we it's like Moses and Eli Moses and um Joshua going into the tent of meeting in Exodus 33. Yeah. The cloud comes down, the fire is there. Mm. And I think that's, that's a good description of contemplation. Now, it depends what you're like. You can read these mystics. So the, the very famous book, English mystical book called The Cloud of Unknowing, is all about God in the cloud. And mm. it's about what they call apophatic experiences of God, where he's not not this, not that, not that. He's not, but he so he's somewhere beyond everything, which is yes. mediumly, mediumly helpful. Mm -hmm. but the idea that we're meeting God, and he's mysterious, and we're we're seeing. She talks. The writer talks about darts of prayer going up and kinds mm. of inspiration. I think in that moment there will be the presence of God coming through. Um, I personally, in contemplation, think that the great encounters and epiphanies of the Bible are to be meditated on, whether it's Moses, um, you know, Daniel, Daniel's visions and prayer in Daniel 9, Ezekiel chapter 1, these famous times. And almost every book of the Bible, people encounter God. Mm and see him right through to the Mount of, obviously, the life of Christ. Mm. Uh, so you can meditate on that and see him. Although the writer of The Cloud of Unknowing said that when Jesus was walking on the earth, he was actually walking in the cloud of his humanity. He was clouded, mm. veiled in mm. his humanity. Yeah. But actually, the Godhead was hidden most of the time. Mm. 
which is interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. We we think we could see God most clearly when Jesus is walking the earth, and in a way we can, but there's a great Christmas carol you're about to sing, hopefully, where it says, veiled in flesh, in flesh. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Veil, the incarnate deity. And then, um, obviously, the Mount of Transfiguration is yes. absolutely key. Yes, of course. And then the, the first chapter of the Book of Revelation, when John on Patmos in exile, mm-hmm. in the spirit on the Lord's day, that's the rule of life phrase. Mm. And so on. So I would say that's those are sorts of you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I could go on a lot, but you also contemplate the fact that Christ is in you. So yeah. he's out of you, out there, but he's also in there. It's a, yeah. it's a mystery. The Holy Trinity within you. Mm-hmm. you know, we often preach Revelation three twenty and talk about you know Jesus knocking on the door and if you open mm-hmm. the door, he'll come in and eat with it with you. Well, mm-hmm. you, what's, you know, mm-hmm. that's worth thinking about. Of course. Amen. Amen. No, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, actually that. The idea of knocking on the door of the heart was kind of the first that I, it, it was the, probably the first verse of the Bible that really spoke to me as a very young Christian. Yeah. Just yeah. actually, the Lord is dwelling and abiding within me, and I have this privilege to abide with Him to through the work of Christ on the cross that I am somehow somehow united to the God, the Creator of the universe, who is also beautiful and gentle and kind to us in as we see in Christ and throughout the prophets. Um, it's an amazing privilege, I think. It is. And, um, of course, the mystics thought about that a lot. So a woman called Teresa of Avila, who was a friend of John of the Crosses, he was her spiritual director, wrote a book called The Interior Castle, in which she talks about seven, you know, how the outer keep of the car- your interior room where God is. Yeah, actually very difficult to approach. Most of us mm. stay outside, outside, and don't get even over the drawbridge. Yeah. <laughs> but many of us stay in room one or room two. Or yeah, he describes that all that. It's, it's worth worth thinking about that as well. There's a yeah, and I think this contemplative moment and prayerful moment is helpful. Mm. Amazing. Well, time is pressing on. So one thing that's kind of becomes apparent maybe when we talk about the rule of life and spiritual disciplines is it must take a bit of time. It must use some time. It must. Um, and time is often seen as a commodity. It's seen as um, something. And so I suppose, and we, as you said, we've been sharing, we felt this in Oxford probably during term time with the maelstrom of activity and London as well, but yeah. um, maybe we can just talk as we kind of end in, or coming to the latter half of this about redeeming our time and using our time well. And actually, why should why should we prioritize this over other things? And sometimes, when people are really busy, they do have to often make sacrifices if they want to do something new. But actually, this is worthwhile pursuing. So maybe some. I suppose we spoke a bit about why, but maybe let's think about how do we redeem our time? How do we utilise our time well? Yeah, I mean, I I think um, an hour a morning is a very good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and it can be spent half half that time in reading and praying and then a, a, a quarter of an hour in in contemplation and then some more time in intercession so mm. but, but people say well i don't have an hour but often they do in their commute Mm. Or and I, I think when you've got little children, it's a, a massive challenge, particularly. Yes. But for someone like you, uh, yeah, it's not there. So you just have to set your alarm to get up at half past six or whatever it is, or mm -hmm. six. If you're, and those sorts of things are totally normal for many business people. And um, and then it's to do with not not you know spending mm. a quarter an hour scrolling through your messages. But, yeah, but, you know, I was with someone in this event uh, who told me that they they just never never read the, the, their phone before they've read the Bible, <laughs> and you can carve out time. And um, Daniel, who was a very mm. busy person working for the mm. government in exile and at the top of his trade, and he, you know, as we read, went to back to his room and prayed to God morning, noon, and night. Mm. And he, in fact, got arrested for his troubles. But in the end, he was exonerated. And it was a, a discipline of intimacy. King David in Psalm 55 says, in verse 17, evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, mm. and he hears my voice. And um, these are the busiest people in the country. So why can't sort of those of us who've got busy jobs mm. exercise our muscles? So we would kind of say, do that and do shorter times at, at noon and at night. So mm. we would recommend um, Lectio Divina and contemplation in the morning, mm -hmm. um, centering prayer at lunchtime, which is to do with the prayer of recollection, mm -hmm. prayer of quiet, uh, uh, and union and communion. You could mm -hmm. read about that in the the, the simple the rule of life. We'll put a link to to the mm -hmm. web, web page where you can find that. And in the evening, lectio divina, a little time where you think, where did I meet God today, and where did I miss God today? Mm -hmm. And um, I'm trying, I find it very hard to get a discipline for those things. In fact, talking yeah. to you has made me want to reestablish them. Mm. Um, but most Christians just manage a little bit of time in the morning. Yes. I hope they do. <laughs> but I, I think we're living in chaotic, desperate times. Mm. Culture is cut loose from its moorings. You know, we're not living in a Christian, Christendom or Christian country, we're in utterly exilic post-Christian country, yeah. or as my my successor at all that Stephen Foster calls pre-Christian times. So there is a, a floodwaters washing over our children and our teenagers in school that is completely um, threatening. And so if ever there was a need <laughs> to do what Benedict did in yeah. the 6th century, there is this need today, I think. Mm. The church, not just to survive, but to thrive and be full of something. So people are looking for people who are who know God. Yeah. 
in their work, in your workplace, uh, in your family, in your, you know, school experience. And especially if you're a pastor or in a house group leader or whatever it is, what people need is for you to have been with God rather than life skills and your, your good ideas. I mean, they can come when you've been with God. So it's a, it's a huge privilege it's it's not wasted time it's it's our blood-bought patrimony as i've said our inheritance to know god and to be with him and it's as if he sits every morning waiting for us <laughs> we don't turn up mm. yeah uh, uh, yeah it's it's a wonderful thing um it's fun it's it's, it's so it's so funny it's so strong it's, it's such a reminder that that God is a speaking God, that he does want to speak to us. And like all of the other things in this world that want to take bits from us and take and cleave off parts of ourselves and actually take the hold of ourselves. We have a God who speaks to us and wants to commune with us and wants to um, be present and be at work within us. And also, and you spoke a little bit about earlier about what the rule of life as a whole thing being a trellis in which the flowers that grow upon and actually something beautiful is produced as a result of that which yeah. is drawing and it is exciting for people and it's back a little bit about, about the aroma that it brings off of that abiding with god you know, i think i would advise if people are you know drawn at all by what we've been chatting about to just try to write down your rule of life make a plan mm. put it in your diary and if you're married, uh, talk to your spouse about it. Or if you live with people, have a conversation with others. Um, a rule of life, obviously, I've been talking about morning, noon and night prayer. Mm. Because, uh, Ed's priority is, is the communing with God and being with God. But it can be extended to include, you know, exercise, mm. diet, media, habits what is your rule of life sporting what what and for me creativity nature mm -hmm. and so on you can write those things into the, your rule of life it so that it's more holistic care mm. and it um and it is a rule of life so we're not we don't want to narrow the idea of rule of life to praying three times a day because it is the whole person as we know yes exactly you know, the whole of our life is worship yes no exactly um, we, we present our minds to him and that is our spiritual and get transformed and that's our spiritual worship mm. I, I, do, I do want to just also come back to a thing called this thing called centering prayer which i find yes when you're in choir again yeah. maybe coming from Teresa of Avila and others the first thing is and i usually put my hands on my knees for this so, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's kind of Christian being aware, being mindful in Christian terms. I, I But anyway, I won't enlarge on that. But so the prayer of recollection is mm -hmm. recalling all your scattered self to yourself, all mm -hmm. your thoughts and things and calling them home and sitting with your feet on the ground, being aware of your breathing and your body and who you are. 
and that is not easy to do because your mind will zoom off and you'll have an idea but that's what thoughts do but your muscle you're using there is to call them home to recollect yourself mm. that's very healing and then if you turn your hands over on your knees and the prayer of quiet is not an empty stillness it's a listening mm. stillness so you're yeah. you're cocking your ear mm. and leaning forward and listening mm. and really listening to the word of God. So what has God been saying to you? What is he saying to you? You may recall something you read today or, or have prophetic insight. And that would be the prayer of quiet. I would open my hands for that. Mm. And then thirdly, union and communion i kind of put my hand on my heart to remember that yeah. i've invited christ into my heart or he is coming yeah. come into with me and i think Teresa Avila says you can't this is the ultimate stage of centering prayer is union and communion you can't manufacture it it takes an act of god to give that to you i.e being one with God, mm. abiding in God. But I, you can position yourself for that, mm. and it will happen. And so that's that's what I call centering centering prayer, and that's a useful yeah. tool as well, as well as later on in the day the examine. Mm. And we, I mean, well, the Lord's prayer is always useful too. Yes, of course, and well. Because in the in the Rule of Life Handbook, which we will um, put a little link to at the end, there is a little guide to praying, praying the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. But it, that isn't just saying, which is a wonderful prayer to say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But it's actually, it uses the yeah. Lord's Prayer as the trellis. Yeah. And so maybe That's very practically for the end, is it, so how do we do that? Do we take chunks? Do we take sections? Do we... Word yeah, by word. I actually learned this from John Wimber years okay. ago in a prayer conference when he, I remember one evening with another 5,000 5, 5, 5, people praying through the Lord. And it, you know, just taking three or four minutes per phrase, our Father in heaven, you know, meditating, thanking him for being your father, that's, that's life-changing. Hmm. You know, being a child, being adopted, having that peace with God mm. in heaven, thinking about that, praying about that, seeing that. Hallowed be your name, you know. In the Rule of Life booklet, here is a thing called Meditation on the Names of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So we go through, I don't know, about 30 different names of the Lord in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And you can, that, that'll take you five minutes to think <laughs> of Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah yeah. Canaan, mm. my righteousness, and yeah. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is peace. To mm. say nothing of Jesus' seven I am's in John's Gospel, or Isaiah, 
nine, you know, the wonderful mm -hmm. counselor. These are all hallowing the name of God. <clears throat> your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. You can pray for healings, deliverance, your people you know to come to faith, your kingdom come, your will be done. You can pray for the government, the legal structures, the court system, the educational system, your kingdom come on earth as in heaven. Mm. Heaven come down. Give us today our daily bread. You can pray about, you know, financial needs, the need for work, <clears throat> your own financial situation or work situation. Um, or you can pray for the word of God, the bread of life, for your family. You know, give mm. us today, give my children <clears throat> your bread, give my grandchildren your bread. All of that is very fruitful. Um, of course, you can pray for situations of extreme hunger in countries in Africa or other countries which are so desperate yeah. for literal bread. Um, forgive us our sins. We can ask God to show us our sins. That's what my wife Anita did for three months. Mm. And it was, a, it was a deep thing. Very few people, most people think they know what their sins are. Mm. good thing to ask God and then also yeah. to forgive others yeah. lead us not into temptation we are warring against a mm. real enemy yeah. and we are called to resist um, the, the enemy of our souls a very you know this is a time where the enemy of our souls is showing his hand in the world and against the church in all sorts of uh, very, very poisonous ways to do with people's identity and mm. so on. And the church is called to be armed and armoured in prayer. Mm. The church is called to resist the devil yeah. and he will flee. And very few of us know how to do yeah. that, but we can learn. Lead us not into temptation. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You can end your 25, 30-minute prayer through mm. the Lord's Prayer with worship. Yeah. And so that will cheer us up at the end of the warfare. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you can't sleep on your bed at night, that's a great thing to mm. and use, use even the sleeplessness to yeah. meet God. And you find you probably won't get it through it all because you will be at peace and nod off. <laughs> yeah. Well, to you. I hope I haven't uh, overstayed my... No, of course not, Charlie. It's, yeah, time has whizzed on by. I mean, I could speak, talk to you for ages about this. We haven't even covered the corporate prayers and prayers for lament. But you, you said something earlier about the idea of it oh, no, go on I'm just yeah. well I was, I was going to talk about um, when you talk about the exercise and um, the food and not scrolling but actually this is a holistic thing this is something that involves it does involve these moments of um, very obvious pressing into the presence of God but it also involves our whole life involves our whole being involves 
our commute time involves us at work it involves us having food with people and sharing in that community and um yes. it hopefully yeah. will be very fruitful yeah but it, it does begin alone with god blaise pascal the french philosopher said famously said all of humankind's yeah. miseries come from man's inability to <laughs> sit quietly alone yeah. in a room mm -hmm. and i actually believe that on a political level uh, also on a personal level mm. yeah well amazing we'll end there charlie could i ask you to pray for us yes yes thank you so much yes of course yes father we pray for uh the members of reality church and and the movement associated with them and families and friends. I pray for you to cause this church to, this body of people and individuals to know the reality mm. of being seated with Christ in heavenly places. To know the reality of abiding in the vine without which we can do nothing and the reality of um, being with you and you being in us the hope of glory i pray that what we've chatted about would be fruitful and bear fruit and I, I pray for Ed that he would flourish, and I pray for the whole church that she would flourish with power from on high. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, thank you, Charlie. Cool. Thank you.